they are in a totally no gospel at all. I know they always think they're in the gospel, they're in the ministry, they're in the church, but they're no gospel at all. They really have zero because they are on another gospel. Another. Another. Not the gospel of Christ Jesus. So that's what I was saying. Eventually I'm going to demonstrate to you, illustrate to you eventually in the future here, that this is a conflict between salvation and idolatry. Idol worship. There's that conflict ongoing. Now you see, he's talking about some people have risen up, inciters, who are now inciting them to take them to worship in apostasy. You see that? Which means apostasy enters through some people. They are agents. Agents involved. That apostasy always comes as a perversion of the gospel of Christ. As a perversion. Meaning, what I was saying last time really works here. It applies. That error imitation imitated error imitation to look like truth counterfeit or fake imitation to look like original so you understand what i'm saying which means there's an error but you make sure that they two look so alike that normally you mistake one for the other he's saying also that if you go into apostasy is always a result of confusion. If you hear the way he's talking there. The Holy Spirit is speaking there. That confusion comes in. And where confusion comes in, where confusion comes in, that means lack of discernment. You are not able to discern. Because discernment essentially becomes the ability to see clearly and identify clearly without mistake. To see clearly and identify clearly without mistake. Can we move on now? No, he's saying that even angels are subject to this apostasy. That's just how virulent it is. And the proof of that is the devil with his angels, they have to be thrown down. And he's saying that let him be condemned to death eternally. So condemned. So meaning, he's still re-emphasizing that the penalty for apostasy is death. And then go in front there and say, if I were doing this, would I still be servant of Christ? Yeah. So you see that. So apostasy is normally a worship or a gospel or a faith that now makes you win the approval of the world. Approval of man. You see that. But he say, for me who is preaching the truth, am I again trying to win the approval of man here yeah, or what? Yeah. Those who are apostates, the churches that have apostasy and the pastors are apostates, they are not servants of Christ. That has to be taken very clearly. You have to make it very clear of the church. Whosoever is a Christian here, Christian believer here, and is in apostasy, you are not a believer of Christ Jesus. Because the holy blood of Jesus cannot be mixed with something else. Can we move on now? I don't have much time. Causes of apostasy. That's the topic. Causes in capital letters. Or small letters too. But underline. Causes of apostasy. Number one. First Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 to 2. First Timothy chapter. If you've noted one thing about the man of God. Is that everything he teaches. He anchors himself on. The word. And then he brings forth the message. That's why he said, first cause is 
First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. You see now he's talking about the first reason is Satan, because demonic demons, you know, Satan's influence through his demons, right? Satan's influence causes apostasy. That's point number one. First cause of apostasy. The second one is Galatians chapter 2 verse 4. Second cause. Because we are looking at causes of apostasy. This very important topic you did before. Galatians chapter 2 verse 4. Second cause of apostasy. He's saying that false brethren can also cause apostasy. Or fellowshipping with false brethren also causes apostasy. Because say this matter we are dealing with here of apostasy arose. It came among us here. It came to us here because some false brethren appeared. And infiltrated. He infiltrated our ranks. Chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. So the first one was satanic influence, right? Yes. Satan's influence causes apostasy. The second one is fellowshipping with false brethren causes what? Apostasy. All false brethren cause apostasy. The third one is Second Peter chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. So he's saying false teachers and false prophets cause apostasy. And then you can turn it around because you people are very good at this now for a long time. Understand the same point you can say false teachings and false prophecies cause apostasy in the church. And then you can turn it around and also say false doctrine. Because apostasy. So the next one is Luke, number four is Luke chapter 8, verses 13 to 15. How apostasy is caused in the church. So you see, he's dividing two groups the apostate group and the other group, and the genuine group. He's already described the apostate group, the seed that fell, you know, whatever, did not mature, and so forth, you know, and he has mentioned why. But you can see the antidote also there, because actually he puts in the antidote. He says, that this is the ravaging by apostasy. But this is also the remedy. Because it says, those who persevere, hear the word, stand in good faith. So you, you, as a pastor for you, you see more. I'm just trying to help you do this, to see more. But anyway, this cause of apostasy says the following, that temptation causes apostasy. Because it talks about the world, the world in Which means they have already received the word. That's why you call them apostates. Apostasy is the folly of those enlightened, previously enlightened. Yes. Those who have received the world and then life worries, riches, and pleasures, and do not mature. So life's worries, riches, and pleasures. So you put those together as the causes, but all summarized, the bottom line is temptations of this world. Temptations of this world. Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 to 10. Another cause. Matthew 24, 9 to 10. Matthew 24, 9 to 10. Okay, so do you understand what he's talking about then? He's actually talking about persecution causes what? Apostasy. That he said, you'll be hated, what, what, what. And because of that, many will turn away, fall away from the faith. Because of that persecution, many will turn away from the faith. Many will turn away from the faith. First John, another reason, number six, see you. First John chapter 2 verses 15 to 17. The love of the world, the world that everything is. So, worldliness and its moral decay. Worldliness and its moral decay. 
causes apostasy. The next reason, worldliness, again I say, and it's moral decay, right? <laughs> you see the great evil man, whatever all that. Yes. Okay, now Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 13. That's cause number 7. Causes of apostasy. Now you can generate more from this. Even these very scriptures, when you go to now, the study notes, you will now pull other scriptures that really denote the same. Yeah, then your preaching is wider and more profound. Unbelief causes apostasy. Unbelief causes apostasy. Not belief. Unbelief. But you see, I am summarizing this here, but it will be a waste of my time here if you go and also give these summaries. Oh, that will be a very big tragedy. You have to go to the dictionary and find out what's the meaning of unbelief. What does dictionary say? If I say cultic, what? Just chasing the wind? or whatever. I don't know what to say. You know? Being a free spirit, not having any sense of, of, of purpose for living. I don't know what it will say. But now you can imagine how powerful it will be. Yes. yes. Each one of those temptations, whatever it is, you must go and get it and teach the church so they know. Open it up to them. The worldliness, moral decay. You must get the meanings and write a battery. Remember the way I defined for you apostasy? A big, very long, almost 20 or so, even 30 definitions. And each of them was bringing at that table on board a new angle of apostasy. You understand? A new way of looking at it, you know? Each of them, one was saying defection, the other was saying violent revolt by, by violence, you know? Whatever. Each of them was bringing a new, to, to, to emphasize you are like, wow, when you put them all together, oh, this is terrible. You see that? You cannot stand apostasy. Each of them is important in this paradigm, you know? So you have to make sure that you introduce each one of these. And then you say, if the Bible says that unbelief is a cause of apostasy, can we now look at what is unbelief? So you help the sheep know if they are fallen into it. Did you understand me? Yes. Yes. Make sure you teach them. Unbelief, temptation, whatever. Open it wider. Get even 10 definitions of one item. You might even handle just three causes of apostasy and relating it to the church. It's a full Sunday service. So you have never dried or run out of message. Number 8, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. So he's saying, in other words, that unfaithfulness causes apostasy. So, can we summarize now, finish up this conversation with Revelation chapter 12, verse 7? This is not one of the reasons. If you want to look at it, one of the reasons for apostasy, but this is just the mother reason, like he was held down, right? But uh, this is not one of the reasons. The reasons that took up the age, right? So there are many things there that you learn in there. The total all-out war, they fought back. They lose their place. Which means there's no room for apostasy in heaven. So if there's any church or any Christian, any believer, that's aspiring to go into the eternal kingdom of God, just make sure you know that there is no room, no place for apostasy in heaven. Just make sure you read yourself off apostasy, if you want to enter. You see that that should stand out very tall. And the other thing you see that, that there is a conflict now. There's a serious fight of idolatry versus salvation, right? Versus Christianity. Of the enemy versus Christ, you know? There's a big fight there ongoing. Because later on he talks about the dragon, then he talks about the woman, but the child, the child was caught up in heaven. 
caught up. You remember after he finished all the events, Eastern Gates, the Western Slopes, then he was caught up in heaven, right? Yeah, that, that we know. So, so that talks to you about the defeat of the forces of infidelity. Yeah, the confederacy really, it's the whole combination of forces of evil. And the Lord on this side had the entourage from heaven, right? And they fought and defeated. They overcame. They prevailed over them. But it, it emphasizes the contention between the two forces. There's a tremendous conflict between the forces of true worship in Christ Jesus and paganism, which is really idolatry. So this is talking about also there are accruing circumstances in the church to date. There is a constant conflict. This conflict is replicated, repeated on a daily basis in the church and perpetually repeating second after second, minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year in our hearts, in the hearts of men. So it's like when he was held down after that major conflict, he brought the war here brought the battle here. But the Lord now, you see, in the whole arrangement of the end time meltdown, mm -hmm. yes, the Lord has arranged to bring the battle back to him, down here. Yes, so, the forces of righteousness win. Darkness against light, that's all you see there. But righteousness wins. I'm just summarizing it because of time. We could have gone deeper. That is very deep. This one very deep. I would have gone very deep on this Revelation 12, verse 7. Because there's much more than meet the eye there, right? Yes, it's a struggle between the Lord with these entire heavenly hosts and then all these, this coalition of evil with the enemy, all the angels that subscribe to that coalition, right? And then you see the clash. And that tells you that there's always a fight. And then I've mentioned other things before, even the other meeting. I said that when a pastor surrenders his ugly head, this scripture teaches us that you must confront it right away and stop it and fight it. And he's saying, as you fight it, beware. Be prepared to the fact that it will fight back. That's what he's saying. So just fight it. And again, because he says it's weak. He said, but they were not strong enough. Yes. Meaning, the Lord will always prevail. The righteous will always prevail. So there's so much I could have put there, but the Lord will help you. You can put that together, right? Because now I've given you the way. When you read the scripture, you see deeper into it, right? Yes. yes, now you see the struggle between this confederacy of evil, the, the angels, the, the, the fallen angels and them. And then you see the Lord and the, the hosts that rush of the Lord on this side. And then they clash, meaning it will always be a fight. Don't expect anything on a platter or it's going to be easier. Walk through a march through it. Uh -uh. Be prepared that it will be a fight. You stand your ground because it talks about and those who will be faithful and stand firm and persevere towards, firm and persevere, meaning over time, he said they will be saved. So that's what he's trying to bring to the church. This is the message he's bringing to the church. They need to stand firm against apostasy and persevere the persecution that surrounds it. That's the fight back. That's the fight back he's talking about, the persecutions. And we saw from Luke 18 when the Lord was speaking that these were really the pronouncements of the Lord. This is the reflection he gave, see you? The projection about the hour. So the fight back is here. You must remember that. And that fight back is the one that requires our firm positioning and endurance, long-term perseverance. And he said, then they will be delivered. 
Your name. 